and welcome to the first Retrovaniacs of 2020. I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And while we're slightly later than we wanted to be for this topic, we wanted this to tie into everything Star Wars that's going on. The most recent, or I guess the final Star Wars Skywalker saga movies just come out. Uh, the Mandalorians on Disney Plus, which I loved. Uh, I actually just finally saw Solo, which is great. Uh, and of course, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, the new game, is out several months ago. We don't want to talk about a new game, though, so we're going to talk about another game in the Star Wars series, Bounty Hunter, for the PS2 and GameCube. But before we do that, uh, you know, this is the first episode of the year. I thought it'd be interesting to find out if you guys got anything or gave anything or bought yourself anything for the holidays. I certainly did. Uh, I got my kids Pokemon Sword, which I've played 13 seconds of, and it seems exactly like a Pokemon game. I mm -hmm. got my other son Super Monkey Ball for the the uh, the switch because I thought mm. he'd like it. He does not. So I don't. Oh. <laughs> so far, I don't, I don't think he hates it, but he still has Luigi's Mansion. He's finishing. I uh, he actually did finish the game. Now we're trying to find all the gems. So he has not put Luigi's any time into it. Is that anything like Luigi's Ghost House? It is. It's uh, it's the formal name for Luigi's Ghost House. He still calls it <laughs> Luigi's Ghost House though. And uh, and I bought myself several things for Christmas, but I did get the final Etrian Odyssey game, Etrian Odyssey Nexus finally mm. for myself and uh not much else to say about it if you like those games if you like wizardry first person you know dungeon crawler games that are extremely painful uh, it's a great one i love it uh but not really uh for everyone i'm sure a lot of people don't care for it and it it doesn't do anything new in fact it kind of takes the greatest hits of the previous five games and puts them together but that's okay with me too i don't mind so i've been playing a lot of that and a lot of this week's game because it took a lot of time uh but but billy what did you get and or give and or what have you just been playing if none of those things apply well, uh, uh, what I'm playing is is related. Uh, we're all at that age where I think the best gifts are the ones we end up getting ourselves. Um, and I did treat myself to, as you said before uh, in the introduction, that uh, that Fallen Order, which is a tremendous, tremendous game. I'm having a great time with that. Not what I expected. Um, I I think I you know told you after I played it for for several minutes. It definitely has kind of that Dark Souls vibe to it uh complete with kind of its own version of uh the you know bonfires and whatnot and the enemies you know uh respawning whenever you whenever you rest and, and all that so that's been a good time uh other than that i did pick up i did bo both pick up and give a a copy of the uh, the pokemon switch games I, I picked up uh shield for myself and and, and gifted uh sword so i'm gonna be uh we're gonna be playing a lot a little bit of that around the house and you know swapping out whichever exclusive pokemons there are between the two games uh so that and god and just some games here and there uh my, my girlfriend had not played stardew valley and i think she'd heard me talk about stardew valley enough at great length uh so i picked that up uh i dropped of course uh, several games on my my son who you know he's at that age now where christmas isn't quite as exciting you know I, I, jeremy p i think you still have kids where it's at that that exciting level uh, where you know there there may be such thing as surprise on their face or things like that. Uh, I, I found now it's it's more like a business transaction. Once they <laughs> once they hit my son's age, you both sit down, you you make the exchange. Uh, it's it's exactly what you expected it would be, and then you part ways. There's a friendly uh, handshake, and you go back. It's, it's a handshake, and I'll see you next time. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I like the usual Christmas. I mean, there there are always video games involved with it, and always that excitement. Uh, uh, but I am 
determined to finish this ball in order before I before I take on another game. So I also popped on Pokemon for about uh, maybe five minutes just to get through that that kind of opening, and and I've sat it down. And you know, uh, maybe by the next episode I will have uh, got into it proper. Uh, as for me, I, I guess I really didn't get too much for Christmas. I, my bro- the only thing I did actually get, my brother got uh, got me a Sega Genesis Mini. And mm. I think the only reason he got that for me was he was tired of me uh, saying that I was just going to wait for that to go on clearance every time we went anywhere. So I would <laughs> go go to a store and, and look to see if Se- the Sega Genesis Mini had, had went on mm-hmm. clearance or on sale yet. And every time I'd be like, ah, it's just it's about $20 more than I want to pay for it. And so he finally got got that for me just to shut me up, I think. Mm. Uh, as for games... Not really too much. I, I, I've been sitting on, you know, playing Destiny every every night or so. Mm. But uh, I guess the one that kind of fits in with what we're talking about is Battlefront 2. Uh, I don't oh, know if any yeah. one of you noticed that right before, about a week before the new Star Wars movie came out, uh, a lot of websites and YouTubers were just like, hey, let's check out Battlefront 2 again. Let's re-review Battlefront 2. And everyone was saying just how great it is. And so I thought that was kind of weird, but, you know, whatever. And I had already bought that when it first came out and played it and liked it. You know, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a fun Star Warsy kind of game. And I'm just ter- terrible at it. Uh, but I-, I decided to re-download it because all the reviews and everything like that, uh, the re-reviews, said they've added a ton of free stuff, a ton of new heroes, just a lot of, lot of stuff in this game. And they're right. They have added a ton of stuff to this game. Uh, it still pretty much plays exactly like Battlefront 2 uh, if you played it back when it came out, so don't expect anything crazy like that. Uh, but they've added a, just so many new stages and, and modes. Uh, I've, I've been mostly sticking with the Galactic Assault one, uh, where it's kind of like the big battlefield objective kind of thing. Uh, but they've also added like a new mode where there's like, <laughs> I forget what it's called, but there's like two separate attacks going on. There's like the ground battles, and then you, mm-hmm. if, if you mm-hmm. do so much on the ground, you can actually go up to the the ship uh it's it's just there's so much going on can can i interject my personal experience yeah go ahead uh you had told you told me uh because because i loved those original battlefront games and i was so disappointed with the i I guess it was a disaster when this thing launched um i know a lot of people that picked it up and and didn't put much time into it and kind of abandoned it but yeah you're telling me that it was getting good again and it was on a deep Deep Christmas sale. Um, I think I picked the special edition of it up for like $15. And and I hopped on. And yeah, it is. That's a nice game there. Uh, and, and a lot to do. A lot of characters on there. And I, too, am not that good at it. I feel like I am just, you know, trying to get my personal best. How long can I stay alive? Uh, it's usually under a minute. Uh, and I think that game, the thrill of it is just getting enough points to unlock those hero characters. And going out there and making something happen with them. So there's a lot of fun to be had with it. And it's one of those, as as soon as Fallen Order is finished, I'm going to allow myself some Pokemon, and I'm going to allow myself some proper Battlefront 2. But, yeah, the first night I got the thing downloaded, uh, I was, I had to work the next day. And I said, but I want to try a game of it out. So I tried that one that you're talking about with the, the, the ground battle that then takes it up to the ship. I said, I'll play a quick round. How about uh, 20 plus minutes went by uh, in that battle? And the, I mean, the fights on here, they are wars of attrition. 
because once you get up to that second that second or third objective if you fail it you're back on the ground but you have another chance to do it again and it just i don't know how long it continues on we have we eventually lost i don't know how long that match would have went uh but yeah it does seem like a game uh that is a lot of fun and, and did seem to have the the spirit of those those old battlefront games so I, i'm glad it came around and, and i'm glad i came around to it Doing that Imperial battle thing, I, I still don't know the name of it. I totally forgot. It actually reminded me of the, the, the sheer length of it, uh, like Alterac Valley in, in World of Warcraft back mm. when that first released. Uh, I'm sure Jeremy P. knows what I'm talking about. Yes. Where it's just a, a round could go on for hours. And it was just constantly being pushed back and forth, back and forth. And that's kind of what this one seems like. It, it really does seem like, you know, these battles can go on for a very long time. Which is why I kind of stick with the 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 smaller version, which is actually a, a fairly large, you know, battle, the the mm. Galactic Assault. Uh, you know, those can still go on for about twenty minutes, but mm. at least there, you know, you can generally see that there is an end coming if you don't do well. It's just not constantly resetting you back and be like, oh god, you, I got to do this shit again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the the biggest problem for me with this game, even though it's getting re reviewed and it's a very it's a very fun Star Wars multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. It's been out for two years now. And the problem with that is the people that are still playing this game have leveled up their characters to having these incredibly overpowered star cards, which are the things that you can actually buy whenever you gain levels. Um, And these kind of level up your guns, your abilities, your grenades, uh, your special stuff to the point, you know, you can level them up over and over and over again until they're basically these very powerful purple cards. So every single person that was killing me with my level one cards uh, <laughs> was decked out in like multiple purple cards. And God help you if you see a hero get on, mm-hmm. the, on the stage with multiple purple cards equipped because it's they're basically just invincible. You have no no chance. I saw one at one point. Just I turned the corner in the Death Star and uh, there was Darth Vader just down the hall. I stopped. <laughs> I just stopped. I didn't even try to shoot. It's just I accepted my fate, and that's the end of that. Mm. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, if you want to grab it, it's it's super cheap. Uh, just be prepared to spend a lot of time and patience uh, getting up to where everybody else is. If you don't want to do that, I mean, it's just a spectacle. It's just a big Star Warsy mess. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard not to get excited, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, to get in some of those stages and just kind of be overwhelmed by the amount of Star Wars stuff that is happening around you because it is it is every bit as Star Wars a game as uh, I think has ever been. So it's it's really fun on that point, and and for the price it is, uh, there's a lot of game there that you can like. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would love to talk more about Battlegrounds too, but let's stop talking about a two year old game and let's talk about a seventeen year old game, <laughs> Star Wars Bounty Hunter for the PlayStation Two and GameCube. This is one that I had uh, had 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 brought up, and one I was wanting to do for a while, uh, but you know, like Jeremy Jeremy P said, the timing was right about now. Because whenever a Star Wars movie is coming out, 
uh, at least around my house, I, I get real excited. I go back, I, I re-review, I re-watch rather all the all the movies or most. There, there's some that you can skip. Um, you know, I, I catch back up on some of the video games, and this was one of the games that that I played a ton. Uh, back back when it released and you know in the years that followed after that I had the the ps2 version of it uh, and it was just one that I really enjoyed um not without its faults though as we'll talk about as we go along but I, I really wanted to, to throw this one out there not because I thought you guys would you know absolutely fall in love with it and think it's perfect but uh, I, I was just interested in you know seeing what my opinion would be after you know several years removed from having played it last and your guys' opinion. And and this is almost a test of, of can a really well done story with, with tremendous voice acting carry a game with, you know, some, some otherwise real issues. Uh, and I guess we'll see. Uh, Cause I'll go ahead and say from the start, I absolutely love the story. This game tells, I mean, it's right there between uh, episode one and two. Uh, and it covers uh, a lot of background and a lot of backstory on a, a character that I found interesting from episode two. And it it answers some questions I had about episode two also. So I have a confession to make. I played the wrong game for about the first week and a half. <laughs> uh, I For some reason, when you announced this game, I played Republic Commando because oh. that is... That is the game that instantly went into my head. I was like, that's the only Star Wars game anyone would ever recommend playing if it wasn't KOTOR. So that's just, that is totally the game that that went into my head. And at some point, I, I looked back into the chat, and you guys were talking about a game that I had never played before. <laughs> Glad <laughs> that happened like, before today. That would have been an, un an uncomfortable episode. Yes. yes, yes. So I was, I think it was Jeremy P was talking about going through like a prison level or, or a forest or something mm -hmm. like that. I was like, this doesn't sound anything like I'm playing. <laughs> so I, I looked back, I was like, Bounty Hunter? That doesn't exist. That's not a game. Uh, but yes, apparently it was. Uh, and I just completely forgot it even existed. I don't think I've ever looked at the box or even the back of the box, read a review of it. I, this is the, I, I vaguely remember the box art for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was that was my experience, kind of playing this game. I, I had to catch up pretty quickly, uh, but yeah, that's yeah, that's what I did. Well, I mean, for me, I had played. You know, we covered the Super Nintendo Super Star Wars trilogy. I guess probably around the time Last Jedi came out, and other than those games, and I think I played the pod racing game on the '64, and of course, mm. uh, what was it Rogue Rogue Assault, whatever the one was on the '64 as well. Um, that, you know, I played all those games, but that's about the last time I had really played any Star Wars games any real length. I remember there were a bunch that came out on PS2. There was a bunch that came out. Like, I tried the, the online game they put out. Not the first one, but the second one that was more like Worlds of Warcraft, and it was exactly like Worlds of Warcraft. So after playing my, my you know, demo 10 days or whatever, I stopped playing it. And I, I just kind of let Star Wars games fall to the wayside because there were so many. And frankly, uh, you know... I'm a big Star Wars guy, but when the prequels came out, I kind of lost a lot of interest in it because I did not care for those movies that much. Mm. Um, I, I actually like the new ones uh, a lot more than the prequels, but you know, I, I've rewatched all the prequels, especially like Billy said before, the, the new movies come out. I like to go back and, and kind of watch them all. Mm. I'm also trying to get my kids into them, and admittedly, the 
original trilogy uh, starts a little slow. I, I mean, I love it, but they don't have the patience for it. And I thought they'd like episode one, and it turns out they don't like that either. So uh, <laughs> I watched all three movies by myself. Uh, and, and I still don't like the second movie, Attack of the Clones. I still don't mm. think it's a very good movie. It's got a lot mm. of cool action scenes, but the story is kind of all over the place. And, 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 you know, I just, I don't care for that trilogy too much. So the fact that this game came out and it's about Jango Fett and why Jango Fett's the person they chose to make the army, uh, you know, the clone army based on his his genes or whatever, is, is the background of this game. And so I, I didn't care. And I had no interest in finding out why they picked him. Because uh, in the movie, he's, he's fine, but, but it didn't need an explanation to me. Uh, that mm-hmm. said, that being the part of the story and the fact that Jango Fett is... Uh, an existing bounty hunter. He's out getting jobs. He's got, you know, kind of a, a reputation. Uh, I actually thought the story is a really, really good part of this game. It helps push things along, and it helped me get through parts of the game. There are specific levels and areas that uh, I would never have played through if I didn't want to know <laughs> where the story gets. I, I was, yeah. I mean, you know how it ends because obviously this is before episode two. In episode two, Django Fett not dead, so you know, you know, the game doesn't end with him dying, and he's going to succeed in this mission. But I still wanted to kind of see how it all fits together, and and, and I do still have, uh, you know, a place inside me that wants to go to all those you know, really cool Star Wars locations. This game is one of the few that doesn't send you to Hoth, but you do go to Tatooine, <laughs> you do go to Coruscant, you, you go to some of the major areas and and feeling areas of Star Wars. So there's a jungle level. It's not uh, any of the jungles or, or forest areas that were in the movies, but that said, mm. it's still really cool and it feels like it could fit right in there. So I I, I kept playing through it for the story because you're Jango Fett, because it, it is a Star Wars game that, it has a better story, in my opinion, than all of episode two. So the yes. story is definitely a high point. Yeah, and and this game, I mean, it lives off that the the story of it, and and just wanting, yeah, because there are some tough spots in this game, and there are sometimes if you didn't want to know uh, what was happening next, and if the story didn't pull you in, you would have cut this thing off a long time ago. I mean, that's what what got me playing from the very start, uh, and that's why. I, come back to it because uh even though i you know having already played it you know the story i think it's so well done and you know they got the the you know several of the voice actors from episode two and including the the fellow that does Django fett uh are are on this one uh they've got some some great music uh including a lot of tracks from episode two and some of the you know the the standard you know star wars fare that you're used to uh, you even get the the opening uh which i shows they put a lot of time, a lot of care into this. Um, it just suffers from being, uh, you know, over the behind the back action game on the, the PS2 is, is the main big issue. Probably the first issue we'll, we'll really get into with this. I, I was actually really impressed with the whole story and, and how it was presented because I don't know if we've mentioned this, I, I might just not be paying attention, but uh, we this, this came on the PlayStation 2 and GameCube. Um, mm-hmm. and back then, uh, you weren't guaranteed the highest quality st- with how a game was presented story-wise, mm-hmm. unless you were somebody like Square or, or, you know, it was Metal Gear or something like that. Mm-hmm. So going into this, I was really just expecting some very cookie-cutter story scenes just kind of pasted in here or something, but mm-hmm. they actually went all out with it. Like, the voice actors, like you mentioned, are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> the uh, the main villain, I forget his name, uh, but he is voiced by Mr. Krabs. Yes. And once once I found that out, it was really hard not to listen to him and just hear like a very angry Mr. Krabs <laughs> uh, from SpongeBob. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, it's it's done really well, and it's got it's got a good story to it. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the the prequels, but uh, this one actually did Django well, and it actually explained a lot of his character and a lot of his uh, his motivations. It's even got the the character that was. Uh, the little bounty hunter girl uh, that was that was killed in the very the very beginning mm-hmm. of the actual movie, uh, she plays a big part in it. Like it's it's uh, it's pretty crazy to see how much effort they put into this story. And and like you guys said, I think this is actually a better story than than what anything that is in episode two, sand and all. Oh yeah, you could have animated this, threw it up and and had a film out of it. Um, I mean, it's that good. <laughs> it sounds like I'm you know just over exaggerating because it's a game I I, I really love, but. But it is. I mean, it's it's a solid one. And that's not unlike most of the I, I don't know if you guys read any of the, the Star Wars books before they, mm. you know, before Disney bought the Star Wars name and decided what was and wasn't canon. And essentially mm. the movies are canon and the stuff that, that Disney put out is canon. And I, I believe Clone Wars, the cartoon, that yes. might be it. Uh, so I don't believe this game technically is what, ha- you know, why they picked Jango Fett, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I'm okay with it being canon or not, because it's a, it's a good story anyway, and I can't imagine the truth is too far off, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. That that was the other thing, is the story makes a lot of sense uh, mm-hmm. into why they would have picked him and how they would have picked him based on why things kind of fall together in those prequels. So I mm-hmm. thought it made a lot of sense. It, it's good for the story. But yeah, so that the in the books, the old books, there was all these, like, one-shot, uh, you know, tales from... Jabba's Palace and these little short stories mm-hmm. involve these other characters that are better than anything written about the main yeah. Star Wars characters. I yeah. love those stories, and that's what this felt like to me. It didn't have to be... I mean, it, it does still hit all those things where it's kind of like, this is a small world. You're going to Tatooine, you're dealing with the Jabba the Hutt, you're dealing with all these things that... You know, it doesn't make any sense that you'd be dealing with them except that you know they want familiarity, they want it to tie in. But but technically, you know, this is a giant galaxy, and yet we keep going back to these same six planets. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but that said, it, it's a good story because it doesn't have to tie into this giant, you know, you don't need to have this massive scale story. It's just about one guy and and his mm-hmm. and his bounty, his overall bounty, and why he goes from point A to point B to point C and, and kind of tracks down this ultimate, you know, massive bounty he's got. To, I, I love it. I thought it was great. So, yeah, yeah, the story on its own will keep you in it. And, and the gameplay itself, which we're going to get into right now, is has some minor issues, but generally I think it actually is pretty well put together. It it takes getting used to uh, like you really. And I hate saying I hate when people tell me this about a game and here I am using this defense. You got to give it a little bit. Uh, it, it's it's going to be uh, a bit obtuse early on. Uh, it's going to uh, take some getting used to as far as the, the camera controls um, or lack thereof at times. And especially uh, locking on of uh, taking on multiple enemies at one time early on in this game, the first time you play through, it doesn't seem like it is going to be uh, a, a fun task. It doesn't even seem like it's going to be a doable task, but I think that this game, after you've really got it down and you've kind of gotten to a rhythm of it, uh, it, it has some pretty, pretty fun gunplay in it. I mean, it's sloppy throughout, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, Especially this game has a habit of you're either facing one enemy or you're facing a, a, a gang. You're, you're facing, you know, eight, nine, ten guys out there. And it's hard to target, especially if one of those 
uh, is a bit stronger of an enemy and you want to kind of work on them, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a, a little difficult to focus on that particular enemy and, and wear him down. And, and that may be something that's very off-putting uh, to people early on. I do swear that uh, you'll, you'll get somewhat used to it or you'll at least get uh, an arsenal that will kind of help you with those crowds a little bit and, and with higher-powered enemies and whatnot. This, this kind of came out right about when uh, developers were, were really getting good at making these kinds of games. Mm. Um, and you can see that they're not quite there yet. Uh, a lot of the things that, that we take for granted as standard in any sort of like a third-person action game these days, uh, back then was still kind of Wild West. It wasn't mm -hmm. as bad as what it was on the PlayStation. You know, this isn't medieval yeah. where the camera's just flying around and you're just flailing. Um, <laughs> there's some, you know, there's some exact control in in this game as far mm -hmm. as what you need to do and and you can see what they were trying to go for it's just that the blueprint wasn't all the way there yet and so a lot of it can feel very rough uh but thankfully you know you were talking about as you know why this game was made uh i think Django is just a really cool video game character mm -hmm. uh, i mean he's got the guns you've got the 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 dual guns uh, you've got the jetpack you've got the multiple uh weapons that you can choose from uh, you know, he's he's a he's basically video game character 101 as far as like something that would be fun to play in a video yeah. game. Well, yeah. And, and and another thing about his character, I think they do a good job with is uh, a lot of times when you they give you a, a kind of villainous character, they do their best to, to kind of turn him while you're, while you're playing as him. Uh, but but along with Django having, you know, the, the fun arsenal and yeah, looking like, you know, something straight off the pages of a, of a comic or, you know, straight off a video game to begin with, uh, this game does a good job of kind of, you know, having conflict within him, uh, seeing that he's not necessarily a, a horrible person, but at the same time, I mean, you, you still do some pretty shitty things throughout this game. So they don't, they don't redeem him in that fashion. And that is something I've always appreciated about it. Yeah, he's he's a mercenary. He doesn't pretend he's anything else. He's a bounty hunter. He's he's there because he wants the money. It's not for any mm -hmm. other reason. And and you know he, he doesn't find something throughout the story that's going to make him. You know maybe I'm doing this for a better reason. Nope, he's doing it solely for the money and good for him. A transmission came for you. It's personal. I didn't even peek. Greetings, Django Fett. I am Tyrannus. I have a proposition for you. You are one of a select few chosen to participate in a special hunt. For a special prey. If you succeed, the reward will be in the amount of five million Republic credits. Five million? Wow, that could make you for life! So this game is done as a behind-the-character third-person view, uh, 3D action platformer for the PS2. It's not as much platforming, but there is some of that in there. Um, when you start the game, Thankfully, the first level is kind of a tutorial, so it doesn't throw everything at you at once, because there's a lot going on here uh, as far as control goes. But when you first start the game, uh, you, you basically you know, only have a handful of gadgets or, or abilities. You have a regular pistol blaster. You get the whipcord, which helps you tie people up. You get darts that put people to sleep. And I'm going to tell you right now, never used them. 
Never even remembered <laughs> what they did. I didn't even look up what they were until I finished the game. But apparently you can put people to sleep with them. And uh, a scanner for your helmet, which we'll get back to, that, that lets you go to a first-person mode. It puts it in green. It lets you highlight certain things. Uh, but it's it's more important uh, later. Uh, we'll get back to that. And, of course, just using your fist to punch people, which I actually found to be not a terrible solution a lot of the time to switch to fists. Uh, but mm. it's, it's good to have it. I mean... For for mass for big fights later it's useless but early on the fists are actually not too bad and your blaster has unlimited shots so you don't have to worry about running out of ammo with your regular gun. Yeah, At this first, game encourages you just to, to blast away. Well, and that was um, <laughs> that was something I was actually a little not taken off by, but you know you're a bounty hunter and yes you're not worried about getting into violence but you're also trying to be somewhat subtle to catch mm. your prey a lot of mm-hmm. the time. In fact, mm-hmm. the game opens with him, uh, with, with Django have, having snuck into this kind of <laughs> arena, watching these people fight, trying to take out like the, uh, one of their competitors. And he sneaks in, no one can see him, whatever, and then he, you know, he, he, he starts the game by basically shooting his guards, and the guy runs away, so you chase after him uh, in, into the ring, and that's where you learn how to play the game. But after that, any any measure that you're going to be sneaky or subtle in this game is gone. You you yeah. run into every room, guns blazing. Everyone you walk into, for the most part, there there's like a handful of people who run away from you, but everybody else is like, oh, there's a guy. I'm going to shoot at him. And so no matter what you're doing for the rest of the game, just assume you're going to run in and blast things apart. There is no stealth in this whatsoever. And I guess I'm fine with that for the most for the majority of this game because, you know, it's a Star Wars game. They're going to want the action in it. But, like, I would have loved if they would have just put some sort of just super easy stealth uh, for doing, like, some of these side missions with, you know, finding bounties. And you said you'll you'll talk about that in a minute. But that would have been kind of fun if you could have had some sort of ability to go into stealth so that some of them just wouldn't run away and you have to chase them for miles. But besides that, I mean, it's it's a PS2 action game all, all the way around. For the, for the good and bad that that has, you know, we mentioned the camera early on as being the big issue, and it is. Uh, thankfully, the and I played this on PS2. I don't know if either of you guys played this on GameCube at any point or for this review, but for the PS2, the camera is not terrible. You have a lot of control over it with uh, with the other stick. You're you know you it's not as bad as a lot of games where you have no control over the camera. What is a problem is that there's a lot of hallways in this game, a lot of small areas, a lot of areas where you have to look around. Uh, up and down, like a 3D area, not just walking into a big open room. So there's a lot of times your camera makes it so you can't get the angle you want to see, or you have to switch that first-person mode for a second, even see down a hallway really quick. And and it's just not not a great camera, especially when action gets really really busy. Uh, the camera kind of seems to go crazy. Some of that is based on if you're using the auto, like the the lock-in feature, which uh, when you're firing at somebody, there's a once they're targeted, you hit the the lock-in button, and it'll technically stay on them however if you break line of sight with them for any reason if they run behind a box or if you run behind a wall or whatever else they lose that target and it targets the next closest person Mm -hmm. so when you're in an area with a lot of stuff around and there's a lot of those areas in this game or or narrow hallways or everything else your auto lock will not only just target other people without you meaning to do so, but the camera will then try to rotate to that person being in front of you. And that causes a lot of time where the camera just kind of rotates, like not spins necessarily, but literally you, you just can't see that anything other than that you're just firing as massively as you can and running away in, in circles to try to get away back to an area where you have control over the camera a lot better. I, I think it's actually kind of weird because I don't, uh, this wouldn't have bothered me back in the day, 
-hmm. Like I could have actually played this and been fine with it just because a lot of games were like this. They were very twitchy and the camera was kind of all over the place. But the just how fast it was switching all the way around. And like Billy said, it's either one person or it's a gang of people. Mm -hmm. And when it's a gang, that auto lock on and the camera just has a field day all over that screen. Uh, especially if you're trying to just work yourself into you know, a certain position so that you can get to someone. There's just points where, like, even if they're on a ramp and if you're running forward, the camera will stay positioned where you're at generally. And so if, if the camera loses sight of that person that's on a slight ramp just above you, it'll target something else. And, and that's it's it's just kind of super annoying at some point. And that's really the, the biggest thing in this game that got to me after a while because it loves to throw just so much at you at times. Mm. And there's just so many times where you just don't feel like you, even though you're d this badass, you know, bounty hunter, it just doesn't seem like you have enough control over yourself to, yeah. to keep things in front of you. Or, you know, if, if you do keep things in front of you, then they're just, you know, just constant blaster fire and, and you're dead. So yeah. you really have to move around. You got to flip around. That's kind of the point of the game. But at the same time, I'm getting nauseous. Now, and, and another thing, uh, along with that, I, in the title of the game is Bounty Hunter. Uh, there are bounties. Along with your main mission, there are optional bounties. You can collect uh, just characters throughout the stages. Uh, but for a game called Bounty Hunter, I found that I collected almost zero bounties every single time I have played through this. I have played through in the past and, and collected them all, but for the sake of reviewing, uh, it is a pain collecting a bounty on this game uh the the steps you have to go through uh because you can you can kill off the person you're supposed to collect on and, and not take that bounty home you have to stop you have to come to a complete stop pull up your scanner scan the person to see if they are on the bounty list if in fact they are you then pull out your your little your your lasso of sorts and you you rope them up and then you can collect and and this is done with a a, a, a weapon swap menu at the bottom that's not uh, the fastest in the world. And good luck if there are folks shooting at you while you're trying to collect that bounty. Because it's not going to happen for you. Because uh, you have to be basically immobile to, to collect that bounty. Uh, so that was something that was difficult. And something that's, that's very shocking that the, the bounty collecting system uh, wasn't that smooth and... and a game where you play a bounty hunter. And am I missing something or is it, you just have to look at every single NPC and see if they're a bounty. That is correct. In the first level, when they introduce this feature to you, which is pretty early, you, you get through the, the introductory mm -hmm. fight to learn how to play. And then you run down a hallway and it's like, Oh, there are all these other bounties here. You can try to pick up. I'll put them on your scanner. Cause you have like a helper that, that talks to you through the radio. And the first one you get, it's like you look down a hallway. You can, there's only one person to see. They're looking away yeah. from you. They're not moving. And you scan them. And, and when you scan a person that has a bounty, they come up. It shows their, their little picture and name. And it has an amount how much they're worth if they're alive and how much they're worth if they're dead. And there's a good number of them that are worth nothing dead. Most of them mm -hmm. are worth less dead. There are a handful that are worth only money dead and not at all alive. Uh, but still, you get credit for capturing them. But, you know, you don't want to just kill all your bounties. Sometimes they're worth two, three, four times as much money alive than dead. So the, the steps when they're alone are easy. You get up to them either by running forward, just taking blaster fire in the face, or if they're not looking at you, great. Run up behind them, use your whip cord, it ties them up, and then you run up next to them and hit, hit the square button, I think. And boom, you've got your bounty. The problem is that's only 
two. In the first level, there's five hidden bounties. And when you pause the game in every level, it shows you how many bounties there are. There's five hidden bounties, and only two are situations where you have time to look down a hallway where no one's fighting at you and you know find one of two people out there. One has a bounty, one doesn't. You mark them, and then you go take them out. The others, you run into rooms, there's five guys in there, and they all run out at the hallway after you shooting fire, and you have to look at all five of them. One of them has a bounty on them. And if you don't look at them first before you kill them, it doesn't matter if they're worth a million dollars dead. If you shot them first and they're dead before you scan them, they don't even show up. They don't mm -hmm. show up as a bounty. So it's not like you can just go in firing and then look at everyone after the fact. You have to go in and find a way to either run back to an area where you can kind of, of hide from them, which is almost impossible, or, or get down a hallway where you have a chance to kind of see all five while they run at you. It, it makes it very, very difficult, uh, even in the early levels, to do this. And in the later levels... Um, you know, I mentioned the first level has five bounties. Some of the later levels have 15 bounties, and you're in rooms where it's just nonstop, 10, 15, 20 guys coming at you, and one of those guys has a bounty. It's, mm -hmm. it's a terrible way to do this. Like, it'd be one thing if you could find spots in every level where you get a good aerial view of the of the landscape before you go in to kind of map out where people are. Even if it only lets you map out the few people that might have a bounty and there's people hidden in rooms or whatever, great, I don't care. Or if, like Jeremy said, you use some stealth ability yeah. to where, like, all the people that are worth bounties aren't going to be in these big groups of people. They're, you know, you have to go into a, a door you wouldn't have seen or, or you get, like, a uh, one of your tools lets you cut through parts of walls in certain walls, and they're very mm -hmm. obvious. But let's say it was just some of those. You just, you see that, you, you cut it through, it goes to a hall where you can kind of peek in on somebody and see there's someone there has a bounty like there's better ways to have done this and made it more fun and and easy but instead especially in the later levels it's like you need to to have died six or seven times just to know which people have the bounties then start the whole level again and hopefully know exactly what rooms to go into to get these bounties because if not you're going to die while you're trying to find them it's it's a poor system and it is optional but eh you're a bounty hunter. You need these characters to earn all the extras. Uh, it doesn't change the story. It doesn't change the fact if you beat the game or not. But I like to have all the boxes checked, and and one of those is to catch all those bounties. The other thing in each level is a hidden, uh, like a looks like a golden feather. I'm not sure quite what it's supposed to be. I'm sure it's something else. Someone's going to write me an angry email that it's some logo. But it looks like a golden feather, uh, and you pick it up. And it, well, there's one hidden in each level. The game is built out of six worlds. You go to three levels in each world, so 18 levels total. Uh, so yeah, you want to find all those hidden items, because uh, if you find all those, it unlocks other secrets. I think you get, for the, the the hidden secrets, I think you get to see concept art or something. And the other thing you get as you play through the game, and this thankfully does not require anything other than finishing the level, is a comic that explains even more of the background of Jango mm -hmm. Fett and the Mandalorians and even the, the other... Um, I'd say he's more or less the main bad guy. Technically, there's a different end boss, but but the guy that kind of is your other bounty hunter that seems to be going after the same bounty you are and hates you is uh, Montross, and that's the guy that's Mr. Krabs, and he, mm -hmm. he's all over the level, but it, it explains who he is and why he hates you so much. And like, yeah. I, It's a good comic, actually. It, it's a, it's mm -hmm. a real comic that Marvel put out years ago, but they put that whole issue here for you to, to read the whole thing. And again, since that's a Marvel comic from before the Disney buyout, I guarantee that's not canon doesn't matter it's yeah. it's a good comic it's worth earning and i i like when i finish the game it shows you a stats here's you know you finish the game here's how much time you had here's all the bounties the separate bounties you caught and the the hidden items you found you know you mm -hmm. want to do that hidden items not so bad i think you can play through this game and find all those hidden spots without a big big problem but those bounties because of how you have to find them ahead of time while you're taking a lot of fire and it doesn't take much to kill you it's uh it's tough 
Yeah, it, it is. And it's like Jeremy said earlier. I mean, I, I understand they probably wanted just a, you know, just an action, you know, shoot 'em up game of sorts in the Star Wars universe. But yeah, this this style with the bounty hunter, it did. It did beg to be a stealth game. And or to have some elements to it. I mean, think about uh, the Metal Gear games. You can sneak into a room, a crowded room, and you know just kind of get your vantage point, kind of scope everyone out. Uh, it would have been great to have something like that. And yeah, all the the collectibles on here, and that comic is excellent. That it is definitely uh, worth reading uh, if you if you don't want to hop on and and do what you need to do to to collect it uh, on the game. Yeah, it's definitely worth tracking down. And another one of the great unlockables in this thing is there are outtakes. Uh, they treated it like uh, like a film at the you know the end of the film. They'll throw you outtakes here and there with the, with actors you know flubbing lines and whatnot. And there are a collection of those which are also also really good and genuinely pretty humorous stuff it's fine having collectibles in these in these games i i I love collectibles uh but you know if you're thinking that these are some smaller stages where you can maybe get a get a bunch of collectibles in a fairly Mm. short time Mm -hmm. i was actually pretty impressed just how big these levels are (laughs) like for a playstation 2 game man these are some sprawling levels and they don't just go forward and back they go up and down and I was actually kind of, you know, you, you've got your jetpack, so you can't fly around. But that's something I don't think too many games really do uh, very well. It's just, you know, the verticality mm-hmm. uh, of a lot of levels. And there's a lot of times in these levels where it, it is going up and down as much as it is, is going forward and back. So, yeah, these are some actually some very large levels for something on a PlayStation 2 from back in the day. Yeah, I, I dare say they're a little too large. So, I mean, you you run into a lot of instances where it feels uh, more than one area where it just feels it feels kind of sparse and it feels a little bit empty. Uh, there are some and one of the things about the Star Wars movies is that it, it seems like every frame of those films they cram as much as you can possibly see in there. I mean, more than you can see. I mean, that's why people love getting the, the home release so they can that pause or they can slow-mo these things and see all the little characters and whatnot in the background. But this is, this is uh, it's, it's, it's different. Uh, there is definitely, for the size of these levels, uh, some, some good empty spaces you're, you're going to end up traversing along the way. I, I, I know we're talking about PS2 era and, you know, there, there's only so much that can be done. Uh, I did love the the size of these levels. And, yeah, it was unique at that time. Like you're saying, the, the way you maneuver around, not just going from one end to the other. You're going up, you're going down. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit, little bit more life, though. Uh, it, it is a game where some of the levels uh, can, can appear a little lifeless. A lot of repeated sections, too. Yes. A well, lot of that. And the levels being so big is is a good thing for some of the levels. Like uh, when you're at, um, there's there's a jungle planet you go to at one point, or a jungle moon, and you know that's a big sprawling area. But you're supposed to kind of be sneaking your way through this installation, even though again you're sneaking your way through with guns blazing. But still, you're supposed to be sneaking your way in. And so there are big big sections where there's not a lot there. But at the same time, you're supposed to be using your sniper rifle and kind of looking down the the. the ahead way a couple platforms from wherever you're supposed to be like it, it actually does that really well i had more of a problem with bigger levels uh, that are a little confusing i wasn't quite sure where to go 
the second area planet you go to is Coruscant to, to start your main quest. The first level is the tutorial slash your previous bounty uh, before you get the actual bounty that, that leads the story along. And and that whole first set of levels in, in Coruscant where you're supposed to kind of fly through these buildings and... and you know, get your way to the top of a building. You're not even sure which one. I couldn't figure out where to go until you find, you know, thankfully each level has a checkpoint. Looks like a little blue symbol. And when you get to that checkpoint, you know you're going the right way. If you're going the wrong way, you won't find that checkpoint. That was the only way sometimes I knew I had found the right way. Like I would I would climb up some uh, some ladders of some sort. And I would jump through other pits. I would try to find stuff that I, you know, trying to find these extra bounties and everything else. And eventually I'd find like, oh, there's the checkpoint. I guess I'm going the right way. Uh, the prison section you go to later in the game, uh, you have to break someone out of prison, even though you're breaking them out of prison to be a bounty, but you have to break through this prison. And there's a whole huge section where you're supposed to shut down these shield generators. And the core of it is just a big, you know, a, a big a big round area, like a big cylinder, that's mm. it's all vertical, and you're supposed to figure out which gate to go into, but nothing points to that gate, no lights come on, the only way you know it's the right gate is that the door that previously was closed is now open, and maybe there's guys firing at you from out of it. Like There was a lot of parts where I, I don't know what I wanted, I didn't want a big, a big stupid arrow to say, hey dummy, go this direction, but even like if the camera would have panned over to that gate when I went into that main room again, or something to let me know, hey, here's where you're trying to go to. Instead, it was a lot of trial and error because the levels are so big, because it's PlayStation 2 era, you know, with with, with the level of detail you're going to get uh, with visibility in the game. Like, it looked really pretty at the time, but now you're like, yeah, this is, this is a little blocky in times, and there's details you can't see. The system just can't do them. That on a PS4 would be a lot clearer. Oh, the little light went on by the door, you know, that I see on the other side of the room. This doesn't have that ability. So I don't mind the big levels. I like them, but I wish there was a little more direction in how to get through some of them. Mm. I think I actually had more nostalgia for, like, playing this game and remembering all of just these old, I, I don't know, just things that weren't quite baked all the way yet and and seeing you know just how how it was done back then because i i generally don't go back to this era of gaming very often and and so going back to it with this is like oh man this is totally just how games were back then i i, I remember this i remember fighting through these games you know uh, the the big levels like tomb raider where you have no clue where to go uh you're just constantly backtracking or trying to figure out something uh, the the uh, escort missions, things like that. It is just <laughs> filled with stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, God, yeah, this is, uh, what was this, 2000, 2001 or something? 2002, mm. right? Right about the same Two time that episode two came out. Yeah, just right before everything kicked off and, and kind of figured out how to do this. Uh, this is still just checking off every single one of those boxes of, yep, this is a late 90s, early 2000s game. Uh, and, and actually, I, I enjoyed seeing when those would come up. Be like, "Yep, there it is. That's exactly what I expect <laughs> from this game." It's somehow now. Like I, I didn't think anything about it at the time because I mean that's just how it was. I grew to hate it later on, and and some of those PS2 games were were probably some of the more difficult games for me to go back to. You know, after the PS3 had come around and they had had really perfected this style of game, but now it, yeah, it has this ridiculous charm to it. Um, it. It's akin to I pulled up an old VCR not too long ago and and you know just putting the tape in and watching the damn thing skip and it starts to eat it halfway through, uh, but you're it's you remember it so fondly now. It's oh look at it, it's doing this. Yes, it's doing that. 
uh, yeah, I mean, so many of these things now, I, I just give it a pass. Uh, truth be told, it, it's even a little bit more welcoming than some of the games I've played lately where they basically have an arrow for you to follow the whole time. Or, you know, if, if you get impatient, you can, you know, hit a button and pull up a very detailed map and and other things. Basically, you know, you can have your, your hand held throughout the entire game if, if you'd like. Um, so this one doesn't really give you much of a choice. And you're either going to like that and you're going to appreciate it or you either, you know, aren't used to those type games or you... You know, we're glad when they ended and you never want to go back. Um, but it's definitely, a, like like Jeremy said, it's definitely one of those games where you pop it in and, and you could pretty much nail within, you know, a, a two-year span uh, when this game came out. One of the other things I think you'll, you'll either like and respect that that's how they make this game difficult, or you'll hate it, is this game is, if this game was made today, you would have unlimited lives. So you would just get to try over mm -hmm. and over again when you died, but there would be checkpoints. Maybe you start right at that checkpoint. Maybe you start right where you died, but, you know, back a little bit like a uh, Ratchet and Clank. You know, there's only the lives in Ratchet and Clank. If you die, most likely you're going to start a few steps back, right, from where you died. But everything you, you did before is reset. So if you're fighting a boss and you die, you come back and start at the beginning of this boss. This game's slightly different. You have five lives. And your five lives restart whenever you start a new area. You can continue unlimited times because it saves whenever you beat a new area, whenever you get to a new, um, you know, one of the thirds of the worlds you go on. But you have five lives to get through that section. Some of those sections, as we said, are very long. Some of the checkpoints are very spaced out. Some are very close together. Um, and when you get to a boss, which normally is at the third section of each of these worlds, uh, a lot of the time, you know, when, you, when you're fighting this boss, do you figure out what you're supposed to do? Although, to be fair... In this era, most bosses just mean circle strafe a lot, and this is no different. Mm, um, mm. But still, if, you, if you're fighting a boss you're having a problem with and you die because you have a set number of lives, you start again right there, and the damage you've done to the boss is already done. Great. Um, if you didn't have five lives and you just had unlimited lives and nothing else changed, this game would be finished in three hours. Like, it's not a long game anyway. I think I beat it in seven and a half hours. That's with trying over and over again. Uh, mm -hmm. If you could, if you had unlimited lives, which is how this game would be today, this game would be a game you'd finish in in one shot. You'd have no reason other than just keep trying over and over again, but not, you know, in, when you have the limited lives here, you have to get through that whole level. And some of those levels, even though the bosses are pretty easy, to get to that boss is a half an hour. Now, yeah. again, it's expected with your five lives, you're only going to need to do that once or twice, but there's a couple worlds that have some really tough levels. I want to say the prison world, and mm -hmm. when you get to the jungle area, I spent the most time in those two. And, and I was telling Billy this ahead of time, like, I liked those levels. I wanted to finish them because I wanted to see how the story continued. And I liked the challenge. But if this was a rental, I would have gotten to the third <laughs> area. I would have gotten to that prison, prison planet, died a couple yeah. times, and been like, I'm done with this game. I will see what else happens to it later. And if I owned this game, it'd get to about the same point, and it would go on the shelf for me to play, quote, later when I don't have 2,000 <laughs> other games I'm playing, and it would never have been finished. You know, because we're playing it for this podcast, I have a window of time I have to play it for. I want to talk about the game and, and, and talk about it like I know what I'm talking about. So uh, even though I fail at that most of the time, I did finish this game. I went all the way through it, and I forced my way through those tough levels for this purpose. But I think without this, without this window, this podcast-forced play, I would have given up on those two worlds because they are super long. They're very difficult. There's a lot of places uh, the... the 
the jungle area specifically, there's a section towards the end where you're running over these little bridges, and the bridges mm. explode if they're hit with rockets, and the rockets, mm-hmm. like, it's, the only way you know that's going to happen is when you get there the first time, and then you die immediately. You fall to your death. Falling in this game will kill you pretty easily. Uh, there's a lot of, of instant kills that way. You do get your jetpack in the game. I, I do like how this game makes you feel like you're Django Fett, you know, or Boba Fett, or the Mandalorian. You have a bunch of really cool mm-hmm. tools. You get your regular blaster we talked about earlier. You get your whip cords, darts, the scanner, and and your fist. But then you also earn a cool flamethrower that actually is way better than I thought it was. I didn't use it till mm-hmm. the end of the game, and after I used it once, I wanted to punch myself because it's a wonderful weapon. Uh, you get rockets that you can control to some level. You get uh, the the rocket pack. You get I mean, the the jetpack. You get later. Now the jetpack is is hard to get used to. There's a learning curve on that jetpack, but it is integral <laughs> to get through the game. You need it. Uh, you get, I think, in, in Coruscant, uh, and you you absolutely need to learn how to use it well. But once you do, and you can get the timing down, because it only has a limited l- amount of burst before it has to recharge, I mean, you're you're flying around, firing rockets at people. You're looking like a, a, a one-man army, and it feels yeah. really good. It's difficult, as there are some sections of this game for either the fault of the PlayStation 2 or the, the time frame, or just because it's a tough level... I never felt like I wasn't a moving tank. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're equipped. You're equipped for whatever is out there. It's, it's just a matter of, of learning to use those tools. And I will tell you, there's nothing more satisfying than the first time you use that little flamethrower on a crowd. Like, I especially find a, a tight area, find a hallway, find a corridor where a gang is coming towards you and use that. And if, if you are down and out and thinking about putting this game away, that, that'll pep you back up. I, I wish Django could have managed to find a less ghetto jetpack, something that would actually last three, three seconds, more than three <laughs> seconds. Because, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. You get this jetpack and you can fly around and do all that, but you've got three seconds to do that in. And then it's done. You know, you got to let it charge back up. But besides that, yeah, I, I think they did a great job of making this character fun to play. Uh, you know, it's... It could have been a hell of a lot worse. I, I w- like I said, I wish they would have added some some stealth stuff in there. But overall, uh, besides you know cramping my fingers up constantly jamming on the uh, the bumpers to make this guy fire his gun, uh, it's uh, it's fine. Like he he's a fun character to mm-hmm. to explore these levels with. And besides a, a good chunk of times where I just got frustrated with the camera and and the lock ons, uh, it's they did a great job. This this game should have been a hell of a lot worse than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, it really should have, but in the end, it it for all the the jankiness we talked about, I mean, it, uh, it's a game like like I said at the beginning. I mean, that the the story obviously carries, and wanting to see what is going to happen next. Uh, and, but I also think this is one of the rare games where, upon seeing it, I mean, it's not going to make episode two a great film, <laughs> but I but if you're watching them and you watch episode one, you pop this game in and try it out, uh, see this story through, and then you watch episode two, I I feel like it adds a little bit to it. And that is not something I can say about a lot of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of tie in video games, especially star Wars games. Uh, they usually are just, you know, the plot is the, the movie they're based upon, or it's just something completely, completely different altogether. I think this is one of the, rare instances where not that it's a movie that can be saved, but at, at this game, at least knowing what you know, when it's over kind of incre- and enhances 
I guess I should say your your viewing of episode two. Well, and if you really, really hate episode two, you hate Jango Fett, you don't want to play that game. Imagine that it's the Mandalorian game and ignore the story. It's still mm. good. Mm-hmm. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that Republic Commando is actually a really great game. <laughs> I've never played that before. So uh, if you're looking for a good Star Wars game, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Bounty Hunter is pretty good. Man, that Republic Commando is pretty damn great. Well, maybe we'll do that for the next Star Wars movie that I'm sure will be out next year of some sort. Uh, <laughs> we need to find another tie-in. So that's our thoughts on Star Wars Bounty Hunter, the first game we've talked about in 2020. Probably not the last. Uh, actually, I'm sure it's not the last. We do have actually about four or five patron requests. So again, you know, a lot of people ask us to cover games. Sometimes coincidentally we cover them. Sometimes we're looking for a game. We'll go to that list. But the only way to guarantee we cover the game you want to cover, as long as it fits our quali- qualifications for time the game came out, what systems it's on, uh, is to join our Patreon. Uh, again, for for as little as $1 a month, you get some free posts, you get some free content here and there. Uh, for $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes every month, uh, maybe more, but definitely two guaranteed. And, and for $10, you can force us to cover your game. Uh, now, we're not going to do another forced game until i believe february but we have five to go through they're coming up in the next in the next two or three months we're going to hit all of them and if you have a game you really want us to cover check out our patreon also the bonus episodes i have to say i might like it more than the regular ones that's probably not true but definitely worth five dollars a month to get the two extra episodes so check out our patreon the link will be in the description for this podcast but it's also everywhere including our hub site at retrovania.net the other thing you can find at retrovania.net other than the link to our youtube channel which has just recently put up a brand new review of teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 for the nintendo is our question form if you have a question for us please go to retrovania.net there's a form there jeremy's very familiar with it and and if you send us questions we'll answer them like we're going to right now uh yes definitely and we're actually going to start off uh talking about that site uh with a question from mark and he says hi it's been a while since i visited your website but i liked it enough in the past to have it in my bookmarks last time i visited you still had it to where i could actually read your reviews that brings me to what happened Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Do I have to go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube? Is everything now just videos? Is it possible for me to simply read your reviews? Count me in on the people that don't like your new format. Well, Mark, you kind of answered your own question there, Mark, because uh, we have we haven't had written content on the site for like two years now. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of the decision that I made back in the day. Was it worth to have was it worth it to have written content on the site and spend that much time updating it for like five people that would ever read those when I could spend that time on making videos or we could make podcasts where hundreds or thousands of people would eventually see those things and hear those. And that's what it comes down to. Uh, we just, we, we don't do this full time. Uh, we can't do this full time. So we have to use uh, our energy in, in ways that actually make sense. Now, I'm a, I'm a very old-fashioned kind of guy. I do enjoy just having a site and having all of the content on the site. You got to go to the site to see it all. But unfortunately, that's just not the way things work anymore. Uh, maybe down the road, we'll put a little bit more on the site. But as of right now, it is just, it, it's kind of just a portal that's there for you guys to find where the rest of our content is. I mean, did you guys like the written stuff? I mean, if you like the written stuff, let me know. Go to that site. Go to retrovania.net. Send us a, a, an email or, you know, there's a, there's that thing that's at the bottom of the site that you can mm. fill out and let us know. I'm not sure what the hell that thing is, but you can do that and we will, uh, you know, 
if there's enough interest out there, then we'll do it. But as of when we decided to do that, there just wasn't. Moving on, we're going to go to Nate from New York. And uh, he's writing in to say, hey, I'm fairly new listening, but so far so good. I don't remember the exact episode it was on, but you were talking about how you've fallen off of sports games over the years as they become more simulation and less arcadey. And I'm exactly in the same boat. You named a lot of the same games I love, NBA Jam, Tecmo Bowl, NFL Blitz, etc. But I noticed that you omitted the greatest sports game of them all, Dusty Diamond's All-Star Softball. I haven't played it in over a decade, but I have nothing but fond memories of it. Any love for Dusty? I've never played it. But if it seems like it's as fun as the games he mentioned, I'd like to try it. Yeah, uh, same, same thing. I, I can't say that I played uh, Dusty Dime. Was this an NES title? Yes, it is an NES title. God, this thing probably got lost in the shuffle then. Because I, my NES baseball playing, I, I, I tried a whole lot. I mean, there were just... A, it seemed like a ton, you know, RBI baseball, uh, baseball simulator. Uh, but no, this one, this one scooted right by me. Uh, but if, if he holds it in a similar vein as, as those other games, uh, I, I, you know, that might be worth trying out and softball. I, I, I hope they gone all the way. Maybe we have some overweight dads in there as, as some of your characters. <laughs> they get to throw so beer I... cans. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I actually didn't think I had ever seen or played this before, uh, but with this email, I, I went ahead and went to YouTube and looked it up. I have played this before. I didn't mm. own it, uh, but it turns out that my uh, uncle in Kentucky, in the same <laughs> in the same house where that he had Skate or Die, where I first played that game, uh, when I went in there, they were playing this game, and I remember it because I had never actually heard of it again until this podcast. And I, I always kind of wondered what it was because I didn't care about baseball back then. And as soon as they were done playing it, I threw in Skate or Die, and that was the game I was into. But, like, looking at it, I was like, that that's this game. That is totally this game. And uh, it looks like it's kind of fun, like, reading up on what it is. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I know some of the, um, like, some of the players on some of the teams are actually named from, like, uh, video game characters. I know there's, like, a, a character named Zelda and there's a character named Blinky from Pac-Man who, like, floats around the bases or something. So, I mean, it seems like it's a, it, it's a pretty fun little game. I would totally uh, be up for, for checking that out, and I, I may do that pretty soon. Well, baseball season's right around the corner. Yes. Uh, next up comes in from uh, Harley00365, and uh, what's he's uh, writing in about. Just want to say I love your humor during your game reviews. So which one of the Jeremys does the reviews? Uh, I guess that would actually be me. I, I do the majority of the game reviews. I don't think they're very humorous, but if you if you find me humorous, then yes, that would be me. Unless the one video you watched was the Intellivision uh, Dungeons and Dragons episode. If, if that, so, that was it's Jeremy P. completely devoid of humor. So that one is probably not it. And it's super stiff sounding. And I swear I'm going to do more videos someday. Now that I have a new computer, perhaps I'll get back into that. Uh, but the reason I did not do more than one is my old computer was so old that 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 one video took me about two weeks to put together, uh, and that's for a game I, I was ready to talk about five minutes in. Uh, I just, I'm not good at that stuff, uh, but yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Gregory does all those, and I'm glad you're enjoying them. I do think they're funny. They're not, it's not like you're telling jokes all the time, but they're also not just straightforward, boring reviews. They're good. Yes, well, it's, uh, I would love for, for these other two guys to throw in some stuff. There, there is actually a couple of reviews, or not reviews, videos that we did very early that I wish more people would look at. Uh, Billy Holiday did a couple of uh, voiceovers 
for some mm. videos way back in the day uh, of like tales of when he was a child uh, playing video games. And I, I think they're funny as hell. Uh, that and the, and the one from Jeremy P. I think like their videos could be very good. But unfortunately, making videos takes a lot of time. And a lot of us just don't have, you know, Jeremy does the podcast and I mostly do the videos. Uh, Billy's got a lot of har crops to harvest in Stardew Valley. So it's, you mm -hmm. know, there's, mm -hmm. it's. It's, it takes a lot of time to hey, get it's, some of that. It's, it's summertime right now. <laughs> so, yes, uh, I, I guess I will continue doing that unless these guys throw something along. And I am that guy, if you can't tell from, from the voice. Uh, next up comes in from Mark. Wait, is this the same Mark from the... No, this is a different This is a different email address. I was going to say, Mark, don't send me two questions the same podcast. Well, gentlemen, it's New Year's resolution time. This year, I've set my sights on something far more important than being healthy or bettering myself. This year's resolution is to play 24 games to completion, as opposed to my constant habit of playing something a little bit but never actually finishing it. I'm coming to you for advice on how to spend more time playing games. In order to complete my goal, I'm trying to figure out if I need to quit my job, drop out of school, adopt away my children, or something else. If I understand correctly, Jeremy P. has a job and a wife and kids, and he's also in a band, and somehow does this podcast and still plays other games for his own enjoyment. How in the world do you guys make time for all of these games? Well, I, I know in my instance, it's... It's not fair. I do have a, a full-time job, um, and, and it's it's a very busy one. Uh, if if we're ever late or our schedule's thrown off, it's usually my job that's done it. Um, I, I don't have set hours. I work during the morning, but there's a lot of middle-of-the-night stuff, too. That being said, uh, a couple years ago, I started doing this job, uh, but out of town, like taking assignments far from home, which means when I clock out at work, I um, basically have nothing but free time. I don't really have a, a house to, to keep up. I don't really have errands to run besides, you know, little personal trips here and there to the store. Uh, so I would recommend getting a job or landing yourself in a situation that takes you away from family and away from any adult commitments but something where you're you're still getting paid so you don't feel bad um if that's not possible you can do what i've done the years before i started this job and, and i mean you just if you're wanting to complete games i got into doing something that i had always said i never would uh i i, I started looking up before i played a game how long it took you know on average for for people to finish it up um, because yeah, I was running at a point in time, uh, where I had a lot going on at work and at home and I just, you know, I, I can't start up a, a, a brand new hundred plus hour RPG or something like that. Uh, so I, I started with just smaller games, games that, you know, back in the past I would have, you know, bitched about cause they're only six to eight hours long, uh, and just kind of worked my way through those. I did put on the back burner, uh, kind of the endless games you know uh you know most multiplayer you know online games um kind of put those to the side and yeah and it's it's one of the more rewarding things i did as far as video game playing goes i i used an app that kind of I, I would keep log of what games i had finished and it was nice looking back at that over over time i mean it it is probably a symbol of lack of productivity but it but it felt good um 
Otherwise, just get it in when you can. I mean, even if you are relegating yourself to a, a half hour every night or, you know, a half hour every other night, uh, just do it when you can. And, and probably the biggest tip is buy a switch. Uh, you know, that, that bathroom time all of a sudden you know, becomes very productive gaming time. As far as how I find the time, there's a couple things. Uh, one, I don't sleep very much. I sleep about three mm -hmm. or four hours a night. That's probably not good, and I'll probably have a stroke. But that's what I not <laughs> not because I play games. I just don't sleep. So when I don't mm -hmm. sleep, I stay up and I play games. I also get up at like five a.m. and don't really start working until about eight or so. So mm -hmm. I have to whenever my kids get up and come downstairs, they're young enough. I have to get them breakfast, get them ready for school. But I'm probably up an hour before anyone else gets up, and then. You know, I, I then have the day, uh, while I technically am working, I do have a lot more downtime than I probably should, so I might, you know, if I if it's a game that's not, you know, I can't sit there and play an action game because I, I have to constantly stop to do things, but uh, if, if it's something slower, like I mentioned, I got the Etrian Odyssey game, that's completely, you know, you can sit at one screen for two and a half hours and it won't do anything. You won't die, it just waits for your input. Uh, a game like that's great for uh, for when I'm working because I work from home a lot. It does sound like I play a lot of games, and, and I probably do, but the games we pick for this podcast and the games that I focus on now are shorter games. I mean, I, I do play some longer games. I'm playing Monster Hunter like an idiot, but generally I'm not playing a lot of, of long-scale role-playing games. I'll try to play one at a time and focus on that one. I mean, the Etrian Odyssey game I got for the 3DS is great. 3DS is perfect for going on car trips or if I have to, you know, those bathroom trips, all those things. I'm slowly playing that. I maybe put in 15 minutes a day on that game, and that's okay. I'll eventually get through it. I'm in no rush there. For me, it's focusing. I will have one mobile game, which is whatever's on my 3DS or Vita that I'm playing at the moment. The other system goes away so that I don't touch it. It's in a drawer. And then I have one game I'm focusing on that I want to play that's not for this podcast. So if I can keep myself focused on one or two games at a time, I'll finish them. But if I let myself just randomly flip through games because it's what I feel like playing at the moment, you'll never finish anything. I guess for me, I'm more of a creature of habit, especially for like if it's a longer game, I will just make time at night, uh, set aside like two or three hours and be like, all right, this is what I'm going to do uh, at night now. So that after the first couple of nights, it feels like this is something that I should be doing. And that's really how I put away a game like Fire Emblem, which is, you know, like 100 hours long. Uh, that's just what I did, because three hours a night, actually, it adds up, you know, over the course of a month or something like that. And you might actually end up playing it more. But that's basically how I play games anymore. I just find chunks of time and, and be like, well, this is what I'm going to play for this this amount of time until I beat it. And that's that's how I do things. Uh, but everyone's different. Whatever works for you. Good luck with your was it 24 games that's a lot of games that's probably 23 games 23 more games than i will beat this year <laughs> okay guys this is actually a first for questions this actually just happened uh you know mark from the very first question uh asking about our site as far as mm -hmm. written content goes uh, i replied to him you know as an actual email because I didn't think he, he would actually listen to the podcast. Yeah, he specifically uh, said he didn't. <laughs> yeah, so I replied to him a few days ago saying, you know, what I said here on the podcast, and he literally replied to me right as we were mm. answering, as Jeremy was answering that question uh, right before. So I'm going to read this real quick, just because it was literally sitting in right now. Um, 
He says, I'm 51 and I still enjoy reading sometimes. I still, I still collect physical media. I think digital is cold and has no soul. Mm. I miss the days when I could visit your website and be able to go and click on articles and read your reviews on your website instead of being told that I need to go to Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter. Please start giving the people like me the option to read your reviews in, on your actual website the way it used to be. I really miss it. Thank you so much for your personal reply. And I hope to hear from you again. Take care. Uh, I mean, I mean that. I mean that's certainly the the physical versus digital media that I had certainly, and it's something I go back and forth on all the time too. Uh, it seems like every day I'm I'm swaying myself one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's just a, a right now. I don't. No one else is calling for it, um, and, and that's a lot. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, just typing up an article, it shouldn't take any time, but it does. I mean, that's another game that's going to have to be played um, at length to, to be able to, you know, speak semi-intelligently. I don't think we ever speak full intelligently, so semi-intelligently about it. Um, and plus getting it up there, plus uh, that's going to be a, a probably a big website overhaul again for old Jeremy Gregory to crack into. Um I mean, I think it's something if the demand was there, but, uh, you know, we did written material, uh, for a while and it just, you know, it took a serious back burner to the number of people viewing it versus, you know, uh, the YouTube videos and, and then the podcast. And I think the other matter was, yeah, it was just that it was that that's a separate game. Someone is going to have to have to review, um, so, I mean, I think that's something that if there is plenty of demand, I, if, if folks listening are in the, the same boat as this fella, and I mean, put, put, the, put the word out. But, you know, as of now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be something where we know there's, there's an audience for it. Yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah, just, just go to Retrovania.net. Let us know if you're listening to this. Do you guys actually read written content anymore or on websites or is it all just kind of video and podcasts i i don't know i'm an old guy i'm 40 years old so like i don't know what all you kids do these days uh if you're someone like mark here uh and and miss the whole like written content and, and actually having a website to go let us know I, i'm i'm really interested in that we will actually i'll read your replies on here and uh see what you think uh, and you know might be worth the effort i i feel bad with mark and like I said, I'm, I'm still one of those old school guys that likes to have a website with written content on it. So we'll see. Anyway, that is going to do it for questions. And That's for it. the rest of the episode. So, so again, thank you for listening. And again, please check out our Patreon. If you like this content, you want two extra shows a month that you're not getting anywhere else. That's the only way to get those two bonus shows, uh, all of which is available on Retrovania.net, along with sending us any questions through that question form. And we will see you next time.